Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. In Ireland, we love a good story. And I'm lucky enough to be able to chat to people from all over the world to hear their story and to hear about their life in Dublin. In this podcast, we want to be able to learn from the stories of others so that people who have recently moved to Dublin can get the most out of their time here. To get people from Asia is, is actually... It's not as... Easy, I guess, to to get access to. Yeah, yeah. To you were saying like a, a lot of Europe, right? You got yeah. you spoke to a lot of people in Europe. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I was I was just trying to cycle through like the different sort of nationalities, and then there's also like uh, Africa, right? So there was a I was thinking of like there's this guy from um, Nigeria, this girl from Tanzania could be interesting oh, ones cool. for the podcast as well. That would be brilliant, yeah, because yeah. we have to take off those boxes yet. Well, we just talked to Tom. He was the last guest on the on the podcast. He was from Zimbabwe, but he spent the last kind of on and off the last seven, eight years in Ireland. So, um, but we we're, we're kind of getting through our nationalities and trying to get as many. <laughs> it's a lot of people. Yeah, 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 a lot of nationalities. That's a minimum 192 episodes. Uh, how many? 203 countries mm. or something like that these days. Is it? It's quite a lot. There's over 200 countries. So I mean, I think you might have hit the, the nail on the head at 192. I think it used to be, but obviously we've no. a lot, a lot more newer countries at the moment. So, 
Like popping up. North Sudan. Which is the newest one? So new North Sudan or South Sudan? Oh, South Sudan. Is, South is, Sudan. It, is it still South Sudan? Maybe, maybe. I uh, could be a couple of years off. I so. keep, um, because you know, like the region Southeast Asia, right? There was um, Timor Leste. So that's like, um, they got their independence from Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Um, keep confusing East Timor or Timor Leste. And then one of them became, like, it became independent. And then I always thought, like, okay, that's the newest country in the world. But then I think, like, yeah, South Sudan became mm. the newest country. In that the world. was a few years ago now, so right. uh, there could have been a newer country since since then. Somebody's listening and shouting at you, going, "You're wrong!" Yeah, <laughs> get, get the pub quiz knowledge in. Like. Yeah, uh, thanks a million for doing this. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And and just to give people an idea of, of how I met you and, and where we met. Um, so we were we were both attending a um well, I guess it was a talk um organized by Tech Brew. Yeah. Um on yeah, uh, three different speakers, each individual talking about their I guess their roadmap to success or how they got funded and those sort of things. So at the end there was an opportunity to network with the people that were there. I met you. I'm not gonna lie, um I had I spoke about this on another podcast, had access to the free bar that night, which uh, was a bit too free for me because uh, <laughs> the barman was encouraging me to drink whiskeys for free. And uh, yeah, I didn't feel so well the next day, uh, to put it lightly, but yeah, it was a good night. It was a um, good opportunity to meet some new people. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background, uh, how you came to be about to be in Dublin yeah. um, and maybe the steps you took pre-arriving here? Sure. So um, <clears throat> I actually, well, this should probably be a recurring theme. Like, So there was the school route. So I came here, I was doing my undergrad, and I had uh, an opportunity to finish my honours um, modules in UCD in Dublin, in Ireland. Um, so kind of to, to finish off my uh, undergrad program or finish off with an honours uh, by completing a few modules here in, in Dublin at UCD. So I was just like, okay, that's a nice sort of um, opportunity. There were some other options as well um, to go to, whether it was um, Boston or the UK. But um, Dublin was always interesting because so couple of things so I went through like a um, they call it a Christian Brothers school system Um, and uh, very familiar with that here in this country yeah exactly right and um, uh, almost an export with the brothers actually uh, which we could probably talk about later on because I I was surprised I found that the reaction here as opposed to how it's viewed over there Um, interesting so yeah so primary school and then secondary school, secondary schools, a school called St. Patrick's School, um, founded by an Irish brother. And so there was always this uh, connection with, with, with Ireland. And of course, like, so my dad is Catholic and um, in the, is his parish church, there were um, priests and there was an Irish priest. He was the, uh, you could consider the family's parish priest. Yeah. Uh, and he lived in Rahani. I believe mm-hmm. uh, previously, but that was like like the 1950s or something, right? Wow! Uh, and then he came to sunny Singapore, and he only <laughs> went back. He came. He he used to come back only to speak to 
to visit his sister who was who was still living here. Everyone else, all the other brothers, became priests and were in all corners of the world. And uh, I think they all passed away. The uh, second last one in Hong Kong, and then it was him and his sister. I think his sister was the last surviving member. He passed away in Singapore. Um, yeah, so he always talked about Dublin. It's like, yeah, it's a great place. Um, and then, you know, you always say stuff like, you know, um, good man. Uh, and it's yeah. like, okay, that's like, uh, uh, when you arrive here, like, okay, people, that's a, you know, good Some man. Good people, like, uh, and, um, yeah, it was just like, okay, yeah, you know, I think it's, this, this makes a lot of sense. So anyway, fast forward, I came here for the, um, semester, had a great time, uh, finished up, uh, university. Um, and did a bit of a, a, a Euro trip, but I thought that was it, right? So I was like, okay, uh, it's time to kind of pack up, go home, and, and that's it. So <clears throat> that's what I did. I packed up, I left uh, Dublin, went back home, and then actually, and that's when I started to look for, for different roles, um, and I got linked up to this opportunity in Italy, in Rome. And it was for innovation, consulting, and fundraising for technology startups. So, um, you know, it was kind of like an entry role. It was like a a feeler role sort of thing, which with the opportunity of sort of growing the company, they were like a young startup-style consultancy um, interview with them. And... Yeah, uh, decide. Yeah, so I I got the offered the role and I said like, okay, why not? Maybe that's uh, an opportunity there. So, ended up going to Rome, and then so Rome is great. Uh, again, big change, um, language, uh, to say the least, and and just navigating the the system and bureaucracies there. Mm. But uh, it was excellent, and then. Um, basically, they had a London office, they had a Rome office, they wanted to expand. And they said, let's think of a third place to go within Europe. And then there's a lot of discussion. And it's like, okay, did you guys think about Dublin? I know this was, uh, they thought about this before, but, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, Dublin is could be a, a great opportunity. It's um, Of course, it's, you know, you can access the... The talent here, a lot of university kids are coming out, uh, you know, from the universities here. Uh, English speaking, of course, uh, part of the EU. Um, you know, it's easy to, you know, hop over to the UK, to London as well. And then there's also um, it's a cultural connection, if you want to call it, with... Um, let's say the east coast of, of the US as well, if, if yeah. you like Boston and stuff. So it, it seemed, and, and of course the big tech companies here, the tech yeah. ecosystem. It's like, okay, so uh, again, fast forward, ended up moving back here to help set up the, the office here with the the manager and two other colleagues. So it was the four of us kind of building up the office and that was... Um, yeah, 2016, and then I was back, and then I've been here since then. So kind of a, a bit of a roundabout way, uh, but I didn't leave from that point, so it just stuck around. Yeah, Brilliant, yeah. Um, before coming back to that, 
I'd like to know a little bit more about what it was like growing up in Singapore. Um, what type of of um, environment did you grow up in? Um, yeah, Singapore was great. It was, uh, I mean, it, it's just a very, I mean, looking back on it now, it's a very convenient society. So everything is high rise. Um, you know, you... Um, you know, it's easy to get around with your, your your buses, trains, like your corner shops. There's like um, food courts just around the corner. Everything was really accessible. You know, you're just like walking distance um, school. So it, life was very convenient. You didn't realize how convenient it was, but it was pretty convenient. Uh, growing up with, so I have three siblings. Um and uh, you know we were living like Singapore is really tiny so we were living in the the central part of Singapore if you want to call it that and you know the schools were like so we went to you know primary school for the boys St. Saint, Saint Michael's school now it's like St. Joseph's Junior they went through a rebrand <laughs> um, and then St. Patrick's school which was on the east coast which was uh you know, it's a bit further out, but uh, they have this, they call it like affiliation. So uh, you end up feeding into the yeah. secondary schools. Uh, so you either went to St. Joseph's, which was in the central, or you went to St. Patrick's school. Um, and you went to Patrick's? I went to St. Patrick's, yeah. Is it primarily Catholic or you just happen to grow up in a, in a Catholic uh, environment? No, yeah, Singapore is not a Catholic country, uh, no. I think majority religion would be most people might be Buddhist, uh, Muslim, Christianity probably third, and then Hindu and hin, yeah Hindus after that. So, but yeah, there are a good few Catholics around, and I think um, yeah, evangelism from hmm. before I suppose like yeah, it's hmm. like. Um, and you went to a Christian brother school. Yeah. Does that mean that all of the pupils were Catholic? No. 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 Um, there was a... It was still... I mean, the curriculum is, is, is going to be similar across all schools in, in Singapore, but yeah. there's always that CBS kind of slant. It's just like, okay, maybe we'll start off with a prayer in the morning. But then, I mean, they were very... Uh, inclusive and welcoming to say like hey you know of course if you're not Catholic or Christian feel free to bow your head and pray in your own way if not just yeah just uh, feel free to keep silent and like it, it was still it wasn't imposed on anyone right and uh, I think they made it a a mission I, I, I believe even in the early days it was to just take kids from everywhere from whatever backgrounds and educate them, I guess that was the mission, right? Still kept with that um, throughout the years. Of course, Singapore got a lot more well-to-do, so it wasn't much of an issue anymore. Everyone could get educated, but I guess before that, yeah, so diverse uh, mix. But yeah, quite a, I guess that's the natural gravitas if you were mm. coming from a Catholic background, you might end up in one of these schools. Yeah, my um, my grandfather uh, was born in Cavan, was raised in Sligo. His father was a, a guard, he was a police officer, and uh, 
when he was about 12, he was sent from Sligo uh, to Baldoyle, which is in uh, North Dublin, along the coast near Hoth. And uh, he was sent to a Christian brother school. And this is when he was born in 38. So he was kind of doing that around 1950s, kind of in school with uh, up in Dublin. And he just remembers, you know, having a great time and getting slapped and getting, you know, if you don't do your homework, you get slapped or whatever. And then he joined the Christian Brothers after, right. became a teacher and was teaching kids and everything like that. And they encouraged them to hit kids if they weren't, if they weren't doing what they were told. He's like, you got to hit them. you got to hit them. They won't learn if they don't get, if they're, if they're not being hit. And my granddad now is a bit of a, a bit of a teddy bear kind of character, and uh, he's all into like the mo- living in the moment and the pulling the energies out of you and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, "No, uh, I'm not doing that." Left the Christian Brothers, moved to <laughs> moved to London, and met, met my met my granny. Wow. Um, yeah, but uh, so that's when, interesting. Yeah, so while you were part of the Christian Brothers, was there uh, was there still kind of. Because even when I was in school, there was still a little bit of physical yeah, yeah. hitting going on. Yeah, yeah, like it yeah. mightn't have been stand up, get smacked, but there was kind of slaps around the back of the head. You know, or maybe getting hit on the knuckle with a with a uh, ruler. ruler. And like, and I was born in nineteen ninety three, so there was still a bit of that in school. Yeah. Uh, what about over in Singapore? Uh, yeah, I mean there were, but so by 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 the time I was in in, in school. Um, there weren't as many Irish brothers. They were still around, but um, you know, uh, not not in St. Patrick's no more. Uh, it was just a name. Um, the houses, like, they, you know, you had a different schoolhouse, and they they name it after the brothers there, like the Buckley House or the mm-hmm. Brennan House. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there was still beatings and slappings. I mean, it was a boys' school, so. <laughs> <laughs> They needed the boys. Will be they boys. Uh, yeah, and it, it, the boys can be rough, so it was always uh, they'd be rough with each other. They could be rough with the teachers. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, yeah, teachers would come in to give slaps, and uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, the school could be. It, sometimes it had a, a not the best reputation in mm-hmm. Singapore because it was just they they. They, there was this thinking that it was, you know, you're raising h- hooligans almost because mm-hmm. they were just like, get a bunch of te- preteen or teenage boys growing up in an environment and up to no good, they'd just be messing around. And um, yeah, it, it caught a bit of a, a repli- reputation in that sense. But yeah, there was beatings and smacking. Any, and any, was, any for you? Any good stories? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean... It's always, uh, there'll always be an odd, like, um, it's hard to pinpoint. It was just, it, it, it occurred enough, like it wasn't like random. It would occur enough, you know, to yourself or to your, your, uh, your classmates that it wasn't even, uh, you wouldn't even register it as being odd. It's like, okay, you just get a, yeah, like a smack in the head yeah. Or just like sometimes you get you get a slap in the face. You just like mm. just like okay, don't talk rubbish. Just slap your face. Like, yeah. uh, but this this were coming from the uh, the older teachers, right? Yeah. It was never the younger ones. So they were from the era of like yeah, I'll, I'll, 
I'll smack you if I need to, and I don't really care. Um, Crazy to think, though. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's it's insane to to think that. Oh, how are we going to discipline these kids? We're going to physically abuse them, like just to and nowadays. Teachers are afraid to even fail a student based on the repercussions that that might have in terms of phone calls they'll get mm-hmm. from the parents. And well, how could my little angel have failed? Well, your little angel isn't that smart doesn't study or doesn't do any work or doesn't listen um, so I, I feel I feel bad for teachers these days sometimes they have uh, they have to put up with a lot um, but yeah it's um, it's one of those things though that I think in general it's changed for 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 the good yeah, I think I it's a good so. thing obviously um, yeah but maybe we've, we've kind of swung a little bit too far so what are you saying? Bring back, bring back the second <laughs> a little bit, uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit more violence needed. The hot box, um, <laughs> stick, them, stick them in, a, in, a, in a, like a yeah, in a little Stand box on in your the head. ground. Was there uh, different uh, forms of punishment over here? Um, not for not really. Well, I mean, when I was a younger kid, I got slapped a few times. Um, the worst that I was ever like. Maths is not my strongest point, so I'm not like a quick matter. I can't just think of everything in my head. So I'd be like, okay, you know, give me, give me two or three seconds and I'll figure it out. But we had this uh, one, a nun, and uh, she won't be named for uh, copyright <laughs> reasons, or not copyright reasons, but defamation <laughs> reasons. Um, but uh, she was a bit of a wagon, and uh, she used to just like, if you didn't know it within a second, you know, you're, you're wrong and you're stupid, that kind of thing. It's like, how stupid are you? You're not getting that kind of lot of that psychological punishment. But I got sent to, like, remedial maths for, like, two days. And uh, after the second day, like, the teacher, the remedial teacher, just gave me, like, 100 questions, got all of them right. They were, like, you know, five multiplied by four or something like that. And I uh, got all of them right down the way. And she's like, and she's like, you can go back to class. I'm like, oh, I'm not stupid. And she goes, you're not stupid. <laughs> I was like, essentially thought I was so stupid at maths just because I wasn't yeah. able to rhyme it off after a second. Like, it's amazing how like the effect that that can have on you. Mm-hmm. As, yeah. um, That's why I'm not Einstein. That's why I blame her. <laughs> no, but you like you might not take up an opportunity later. You might just need to work harder at it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you might not take the opportunity to work harder at it because you're just like, well, I've been labelled as this, and I think that's dangerous. But I remember a time I did, for my first three years of secondary school, I did technical graphics or technical drawing, um, and it just wasn't for me, right? Um, I But I'd be pretty, I was like relatively okay at every other subject, but this one, for whatever reason, I just couldn't do it. I always remember, you know, looking at the 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 shapes and the drawing and the paper of the guy next to me and it'd be super yeah. clean with Sue and I'd look back to mine and it's like <laughs> smudges of grey everywhere for me having rubbed it out but I was like yeah. I just couldn't do it it wasn't in my head or my brain we had a teacher who was um, I can't remember exactly where he's from but he was from the countryside somewhere used to be a boxer and he had these massive arms <laughs> right um, so everybody was kind of a little bit afraid of mm-hmm. him and he came around one time and he never normally gave his test, but it was before the junior certificate at the time, which is your first uh, state examination. So he had to start doing some type of tests. And he, he was giving out the um, 
results and what he would do is go from the best result down okay um, so he'd give out like you know the guy in, in the class who normally gets the best results so he got a sense like, I was like okay I didn't come first oh, you know, probably wasn't going to come first and it keeps going and going and going into the 50% marks and I'm like what's going on here um, and then he starts getting to like he, he went past the 41% mark and I was like I can't, he must have forgotten me. Um, and then what, he's, <laughs> what he would do is he would call out a person's name, let's say O'Reilly, and he'd say 38% hung, as in like you were hung, like, he, like you should be hung. Um, then he'd be like uh, Davis, 34% quartered, <laughs> hung. <laughs> Or maybe maybe make more sense if you were hung and then quartered. Hung drawn first then. Yeah. Comes around to me anyway, basically long. I don't remember what I got. It was the worst exam I've ever done in my life. I got like twenty one percent or something. He's like, Kelly, hung, drawn, quartered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh yeah. Psychological Wasn't a good day for bruising, me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's cruel though, naming everyone out. Like you talk to yeah. the person in private, like Yeah, yeah. Like, no, but then I went up and I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to try this anymore. I'm just crap at it. So I said to him, like, because I was doing a higher level or yeah. whatever, it's like, I want to do ordinary level. And he goes, really? It's like, yeah, I just got 21% <laughs> to the test. I don't think <laughs> I should be doing higher me? level. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, teachers and the, the effect that they can have on you. But you, the thing is, like, you don't really, um, I mean, this is us kind of with the benefit of hindsight of, of what we know now or, some, or whether it's maturity or what's coming in literature, the news, or or culture, even it's just matured in such a way. Like looking back, that was n- not great. But back then, how how was that seen as normal? Right? It was just like this is normal. Um, you know, yeah. it's it's what it is. Tired. They looked like they they were they were tired. I think you know a lot, a lot of my teachers had been in that primary school for. You know, near on 20 years and they've just seen kids coming in all the time in and out in and out and you you can kind of understand they're getting tired of of teaching kids certain amounts of things and especially when they're not taught they're they come from an old old type tradition where kind of giving out some sort of corporal punishment or berating them with insults is kind of the normal yeah. thing to do is what you've and you can only kind of fester what you've been told is accurate you can only manifest that type of thing yeah. so lack of education lack of keeping up with new techniques and you can you can you can see why it happens but yeah the fact that it's uh you know up until the uh up until the late 90s that this stopped it's hitting always, kids yeah. like when they're in ireland anyways but uh, and I'm sure it happens around the world and other places still. Yeah, so. it, it, it pro- I mean, definitely, definitely. The 2000s still getting smacked in in Singapore, and then probably yeah, the sh- the the shift happened maybe 2010s, mm. like late wow. 2010s, just like uh, maybe the late like the like noughties, like before the 2010s, that transitions like okay, this is not right, and then you know all those. All the older teachers started to retire. They left. It was all the younger, new, new, new blood types. So they were just like, "Yeah, we don't hit kids. <laughs> you just tell them that it's not the right thing to do and go 
have a thing. Guilt shame them like you know, get, get, it, get it somewhere else. So psychological. I mean, I, I mean, I, grew, I was raised Catholic, and uh, I think I suffer with extreme guilt <laughs> per se. You know, and uh, so that's the best way for me to get for anything to do. Like, if you want me to guilt do anything, trip. just guilt me all the way. I'm so easy. Like, dad, my dad would have had one. I don't know. Your maybe your parents had the same idea. It's like, They'll ask you to do something. You're like, no, I'm not doing that. Because fine, I'll do it myself. So will I? After working all day and doing all this and raising all, that, and you're like, all right, sound, yeah, I get it, yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh no, no, it's too late now, too late now. And then they pretend to go put on the shoes, and you're just like, oh fuck you. And like I go out in the piss and rain, and I'll get the wood for the fire. Well, you like, and I'll set it, and you can sit down and relax. You know that kind of. That's so the best way to get yeah. me to do anything. But so you uh, you came to Ireland 2016. Full time, yes, yeah, back properly. Yeah, like what's uh, what have you seen? How have you seen yourself change since you've been here for such a prolonged period of time? I mean, obviously, when you're going through college, you went to Ireland for uni, then you did your Euro trip, you came back to Rome, and then you got the chance back in Ireland. Yeah, what, what, with all there was a lot of turbulence, I guess, in those years, the education years. When you settled into Ireland, you've been here six years now, I guess. Yeah, so it's. Like, what have you, how have you matured since you've been here? Yeah, it's a really um, different environment, right? So, so of course, like everyone talks about how people are very welcoming here and friendly. Um, so you, f- you feel that. Um, I remember like the first, like the first times, like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have, have this sort of story. So I was uh, going to... Um, you know, uh, stay at a friend's place the first time I came. And then, like, I was trying to ask for directions and I was trying to pull out notes to pay the drive. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, you know what? You're grand. Like, okay, use your money to buy a coffee. Like, welcome. And, like... No way. For real. I'm like, wow. really? And it's like, yeah, just save your money, get yourself a coffee and welcome. Because I was like, just like, okay, how do I get to Clontarf? And, like okay, how much is the fare? I had this big backpack, oh. like, uh, just like, yeah, just like, and then, yeah, it was just like, wow, that's so nice, just like, <laughs> waved me in. Um, and then it was just like, yeah, so there was always this sense of, um, um, yeah, warmth and friendliness in, in the place and the people. So you're just like, wow, that's not that folks in Singapore are not that way, okay? They, they, they can be... Um, friendliness in Singapore, but people uh, are always in a rush. Well, you get that a bit in Dublin too, but to the point where it's all about me, 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 and just like get out of my way. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, we were running around to the, you know, catch your, you know, the the the, the subway or like you're running around in the central business district or like people can get a bit like um yeah just like jostling and just like no 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 words exchange just like yeah just let me get about my day they might be a <laughs> they make noises they're just like like <laughs> like you know just like little uh ways to show their displeasure but not so much to engage and just like I just let me get about my day and then so I can go home. Um, 
so a little bit different mm -hmm. and then it's just the change of atmosphere was just uh, great so that was from the first time I set foot and just like wow that's this is special I love the change of the environment and then you could feel that like uh, you know over the years it just kind of um, allows you to okay just sit be still and think about things <laughs> like you're not you don't have to R rush all the time mindlessly and for for no rhyme or reason mm -hmm. just because you're supposed to do it like okay like it's a bit of a rat race just like uh, in Singapore it's like okay you've got to go to school once you graduate you know you gotta um, for the boys you gotta go to this you get conscripted to the army mm -hmm. so you got to like okay you gotta go in do your best go go into like a uh, like a command school or and then like come out and then go to university finish up go get a great job and then like okay and then start to look to buy a house like they had all of this uh, milestone sort of goals that are just thrust down you, your throat uh, I mean on a societal level and you never really got to you don't really get the chance to stop and say what do you want to do like mm. what resonates with you so I think that's the biggest one. Like here, you get to be you. You get to stop and think about uh, the direction you want to go, who you want to be, um, and, and take steps in that direction. It was just uh, um, it's life changing. Mm. It's uh, it's quite it's quite liberating. Like, so I'm assuming that you went through your training, your conscription period, and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, myself, I I was part of the Irish Reserve Defence Forces. Okay. Uh, but that wasn't conscription. That was like my choice to join it. It was kind of, and I I really enjoyed it. And it's something that I would definitely recommend for people. But I guess that was because I decided to do it. Like yeah. if I was forced to do it, it might have been a different uh, uh, a, a different way. But it, that's quite funny to think that y you think here you could slow down and you could relax because yeah. we had another guy on, um, we had a guy called Pete, he's an Irish guy, he left Ireland in 2012 and he went to um, Thailand and he lived in Bangkok for the majority of those 12 years. Yeah. And when he came back, he was saying to us that everyone's rushing around and, <laughs> and that, you know, people aren't, you know, taking it easy and all that kind yeah. of thing. So. It's. I think this is. It's a great thing about the the podcast is that you know so you might say one thing and then someone else would have disagreed with it previously and uh, you can kind of get the the flavors just depending on the cultural differences of each country. Based off your own experiences. Yeah, of, of course, of course, and uh, what you know what is busy for one person is slow for another. Um, but where do you? How do I say this? Where do you see yourself? Uh, and Ireland in the next like four or five years. Uh, <laughs> that's an you know we always get asked this question. So like yeah. um, I live with my my partner Samantha. She's also from Singapore. She came to to Ireland to do her masters um, in 2016 as well. And and uh, yeah, she so she's working in in an art gallery near the Guinness Storehouse. And uh, yeah, she enjoys her life here a lot. And so it's always, 
either one of us will get asked this question or both of us together and it's like okay it's a joint decision i would um we always say like it's we st- we still enjoy it right now things are working right now i think uh we're going to roll with that of course we've had these big conversations you know um where do you settle down like family back home just like okay did you uh, you have your fun yet did you mm-hmm. your time away you know it's time maybe it's time to come home you know uh s- set up roots maybe have a family what what do you guys think just like yeah yeah well you know we we still enjoy where we are right now so but it is a recurring theme it's it's coming up a lot more often to kind of think about Okay, what do you want to do? Is this is it going to be are you going to stay here? Then are you going to you know think about ways to um you know get get more settled down or will um would you look to buy a place here, you know, which is I guess like that's a whole other conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, or would it have to be Dublin? What about the you know we've uh, talked about like you know we've uh, about living outside of of Dublin in in you know different counties and stuff, no. um, the west or something like. How old are you actually? I don't think we asked. Uh, I am thirty four. Okay, you're still a young man. Like, but it's <laughs> it's, on, it's on the mind. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's the that that age group where like okay. I don't know. I I guess it's still considered millennials. I don't know, but you're just like everything's happening a little bit later. But we still, I I still feel like, you know, life is still nice right now. Um, and uh, maybe maybe, so it's it's on two sides. Some some folks will say like it's never the right time for anything. You just have to go for stuff. Yeah. And and another group just says like when you feel the time is right, you'll know and things move. Yeah. So you kind of had to reconcile those there's two things. It's a cliche for everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's exactly. nice to know that there's uh, how can I say it? the pressures that you're feeling from your family back in Singapore are the same pressures that we're all feeling from our own families here, mm. and that the uh, the problems or the, the the decisions that have to be made by people in their late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, they're universal. They're yeah. not really defined by being one culture or another uh, which is is kind of a positive thing okay you might have the answers it's not up to you to have the answers they they kind of come as as the as you learn and you grow but knowing that other people from other places do that makes it a little less scary yeah i don't know for that's it's universal I, sort of i mean there's some we all have to go through it like yeah if we if we uh, if we have our family or if we have you know people who are constantly trying to uh, uh, more recently a lot of my friends have been getting engaged yeah and uh, okay they may have kids in the future or whatever like that but they're they're kind of getting engaged for like two years down the line so they're going to be in the late 20s early 30s again getting married but that just drives up the anxiety of my parents <laughs> they're like oh they're getting engaged yeah yeah you're not going to get engaged I'm like well you need to have someone to get engaged <laughs> to first of all you know these kind of things but it's uh yeah it's the same questions i mean how how, how often would your parents kind of get on to you about coming back is yeah. it a, a monthly thing a weekly uh, thing actually it, it's kind of cooled off a little bit i think the whole covid thing just kind of got people a little bit more 
um, yeah, Anxious slowing down. Yeah, and, and thinking about other things like okay, as long as you're like healthy mm-hmm. <laughs> and alive, yeah. right, and yeah. you're you're doing okay, I think that's all right. Um, <laughs> and then maybe so yeah, I mean like um, my yeah mom didn't she just like okay you know what do, do uh, she, she's like do what you feel is right she never kind of uh, put that pressure on me and then like she's so like she, my dad and mom they don't live together anymore so uh, through her I would hear from him like we don't have a, a direct relationship too much like I see him when I'm there but you know, it'd be like my mom will coordinate the catch up and just like, yeah, but you know, we won't uh, mm-hmm. be, um, yeah, just like we wouldn't be co- conversing directly. Mm. And uh, he, yeah, he would say, like, okay, yeah, when when would I come back? But then it's like, okay, that's you know, completely separate. So it was, so I think, like, from, from my side of the family, not, not as much pressure. I think for Sam, like, uh, for my partner, she, her, her parents were also, her family were a little bit pressurizing in the beginning. Uh, but then after COVID, yeah, during the COVID era, wind it down. And then her, her younger sister got married um, December last year. We went back for that had to do a one-week quarantine in uh, an apartment in Singapore for that. But it was great. I went back, and I think maybe that helped. Like, okay, at least one of the kids got married. (laughs) We just leave the other two to do whatever the heck they want. So I think, yeah, um, so family and friends, they might circle around to just like, okay, what's next? But it's not that sort of... um, they're asking just for active yeah. conversation rather than pressure. Like a pressure. Mm-hmm. But I think between Sam and I, when we think about it, sometimes we feel like, yeah, what, what, what are we doing? It's, 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 should we figure this out? And then we're just like, okay, let's not, let's not get, too com- <laughs> get too complicated. Let's just like, let's think about right now. How, how, how are we feeling right now? It's like, okay. We live in Stony Badder. It's a really nice place. We've been here a couple of years. You have a nice job. You know, I'm um, working on things I like. Uh, you know, we have a nice routine. Um, you know, we have friends here. We Yeah, we have a life here. Just like, yeah. yeah. How, how, how would you step away from that? That's a big question. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like just like... So when you say... You, when Ross asked you the question like a four or five years time yeah uh, where do you see yourself and you're like I, I don't know necessarily like, yeah who knows right um, or I'm starting to think about it more um, you, ha- you seem to have a nice life here um, we spoke about like family for the last few minutes is it is the reason why you don't say Ireland because of family ties like is that what this I this is a good it's an interesting point like maybe you feel at home here but it's not home because your family aren't here um, or is that's not something that comes into your head um, it, a little bit sometimes I think like when Sam and I have these conversations for example if we were to say like set up a life here and um, you know we, we build our lives around each other and then our friends and stuff 
that works, but we'll just be away from from family and and I mean that's the trade off. So like whether whether the events or milestones or things happening there, you're gonna miss some of it. Yeah. Well, a lot of it. And that's been happening for the years that we've been away, and um, even the 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 idea of let's say if we started we we started a family, we had a kid or something. Or even a, a dog or anything like, mm-hmm. you know, we if you had fam a family or someone to to rely on that helps to you know, Big time. yeah, it gives you a sense of comfort of of feeling like okay, you've got uh, your your family around one night a week babysitting, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, and if yeah, if we did it out here, if it can feel a little bit isolating. It's like sure we have our friends, but they have their lives too. You can't just like. Hey, you know, do you mind? I mean, like, sure, I think to be nice and stuff, but it still feels like it's not the same. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, your family have to like it. <laughs> your friends don't have to like it. You know, that's yeah. Kind of, yeah, your family like they it. have to support you. They don't have yeah. to like it. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take your shit. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Kind of changing yeah. the topic a little bit. Um, you seem to have a, a, a nice group of friends here. Um, how did that group of friends come about? Was that through studying, through work, or through maybe social activities? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so a lot of it was actually through the line of work. So again, like from that um, innovation fundraising for tech startups, it was always like you know the the like the meetup we went to. Mm. Um, you always meet people, catch up with them. And then, you know, you just hit it off with some people and then they become your friends. And then you're yeah. just like, okay, you're always um, on the the calendar for these having these catch-ups and then sometimes you just get them all together and then just like, yeah, like just how these events work even where everyone's in a room and it just, you know, everyone's just um, getting to know each other and, and chatting like, oh yeah, we, we met before and like catching up again. So a lot of that was from... Um, the line of, of, of work or the, the ecosystem of um, startups and tech and stuff like that. And then a couple of friends were interesting were from, from Singapore. That one was, uh, you know, there were some events here for, for this people from Singapore here that they held because some Singaporean minister was coming, like that was years ago. And then um, we met uh, you know, one or two really good friends there, and then referrals like someone from home would say like, "Hey, you know, a really good friend is coming to Dublin, and I I told her that you guys are there. Would you mind meeting up or yeah. just so like sure, why not?" So that's that Singaporean contingent piece, and yeah. then um, yeah, the tech startup piece. Um, that has been the main ones for me. Yeah. It served you well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Um, how do you see the the environment for well tech startups or just startups in general in in Ireland? Do you see it as a supportive environment, challenging environment? Um, how uh-huh. do you see it? <laughs> well, I'd say it's supportive in the sense that you know people are here looking to help each other it's like a lot of like if i can help you i'll try my best like there's this sense of community like it's just um 
people here or people moved here, everyone seems to be on the same side. Like, if I can help you in a way, I'll try. It's within my means, I'll try to help you. Which is great, pay it forward and stuff. Um, in terms of the actual, you know, landscape, can be a bit challenging. I think I'm, I mean, plenty of people have spoken about the, the challenges here. It's one thing, it's there is a huge, um, 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 direction or steer or a big part played by the state in terms of you know there's a local enterprise office and enterprise Ireland there's almost like a track and a funnel uh, for if you wanted to start a company a tech company in particular um, in Ireland and you there's these standard steps where you go you just like feasibility at the leo and then you go it's like okay maybe next step new frontiers you should look at a phase one and then you try to go for phase two and then you look at a con competitive start fund like um like there was this track and it seems like um that's your best bet like this was yeah. everyone you're, you're funneled in that way because this is the route go for it because it this, the state plays such a big role in that so there are pros and cons to that pros is like sure there's huge support from the state um, the cons is like then if you fall by the wayside if you don't you're not on that track then you know it's a lot harder for you to um, w you know whether it's to, to raise finance or uh, you know um, you know get get customers or get um, partners or like it, it becomes a little bit less accessible if you're not on the the stake track pathway yeah. so then you, you everyone's get looking at everyone's looking at that pathway yeah and if you're not on that pathway you don't look like you're uh, you don't have a reputation in, in that way in, in a sense yeah because you're just like oh why did you did you go to phase did you go to news frontiers phase two yeah. why not yeah did you get in no okay did you uh, access uh, csf oh no why not did you go to high potential startups hpsu no why not okay it's like it's almost like uh and and even the private investments are uh, revolve around that in some degree so it's not impossible to not go down that path and be successful you, you know you might you know um, if you're looking to raise money you you, you might know a wealthy uh, uh, uncle or something and that might work out for you or you know the angels and stuff like that it's so there are ways it's just that the most common path is this this state uh, path and uh, yeah the pros and cons to that yeah big time yeah I'd say primarily because it, you're you're going down when you're going down one path, there's there per, perhaps bottlenecks in certain paths where maybe similar decision makers. I'm not saying they're bad decision makers, but they a lot of these startups sometimes it comes down to an opinion mm -hmm. or a a narrative. How well you can sell the narrative, and you know some of the like what we might see as the best narratives in the world like I love the film Lord of the Rings if you play that for my girlfriend uh, she hates it doesn't like it at all um, and if we we'd have two very different opinions on that narrative uh, on that story and the way it's told etc um, and with a startup 
like you're 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 relying on that narrative you're relying on your own values and what you believe in and sometimes i think if there was more avenues um which would only create more failure at the end of the day because we all know like the percentage of startups would actually work out as being a success it's yeah, quite small it's against you yeah it's, um, it's tough tough business yeah. but i think you know like from the states and silicon valley like a lot of the investors there the majority of their investments go to zero but they're relying on that one or that two to to go big yeah um, and that's kind of how the investment world works and um look, don't get me wrong a lot of the state funded startups don't work out either but um it would be great to see as, as kind of i think what you're alluding to is i think there would be great to see other avenues that are not um maybe so primarily focused within that state funding yeah. avenue if there was um so I mean, there's this conventional they call it uh, in the beginning trip triple triple F, uh, family friends and fools to fund your first pre seed and um, and then uh, after that you know you you look for an angel I mean they're they're named as such because you have to be an absolute angel to want to put your hard earned money into such a high risk concept of venture that's not even much of a thing at the moment so we do have like the h-band here but maybe yeah again it's i think it's all about this this networks and stuff like that so if you're in the right let's say i'm I'm bringing this back to new frontiers so if you go to like a new frontiers program you might get you introductions to the likes of the angels in the h-band and the people that you want to talk to to, can Mm help um, whether it's make introductions or even write you a check so those avenues help if not like where do you go you you go for these events maybe like that helps again you need to uh, know of these events um, go appear at them and then hopefully get to yeah it's networking right serendipitously kind of meet someone who could help you in some way Get that cash injection somehow. Like. Yeah, by by, again, just like random conversations. But so yeah, there's this reliance on that um, this the state path, and I don't think there are other. Uh, yeah, you have to get creative. Try to speak to different people to be come in as an angel or who would give you that injection, cash injection for your next milestone. Yeah. Um, one of our listeners asked um, me to or, or us to ask this question um, and it's we often talk positively in, in a sense about Dublin and Ireland and we often talk positively as well um, and and the guy who wrote me the question is like listen I love Dublin uh, but there are some aspects of it that I don't like and I'd like to to see maybe if, if other people have that kind of feeling towards Dublin as well is there any aspect of Dublin um, that you really just don't like? Uh, well, um, yeah, I guess I brought up the housing piece. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've been lucky in a sense that we've um, managed to stay in Stony Batter for the past couple of years. But, I mean, we've seen, we've uh, faced firsthand 
the issues of you know renting and landlords who were trying to um, make a quick buck so we were living in Pittsburgh before and the landlord said like you know we want to do refurbishments on the bathroom so you guys have to leave and then we're like okay so we had to find a new place and then thankfully we found this Tony better place of course the rent was a lot more by that point this was uh, 2017 and uh, yeah and uh, but after that uh, because you know it's not too far Pittsburgh and Stony Batter so I've, I've well I was cycling and I, I would cycle by the old place and then <laughs> I saw like ah that's life because I was always keeping tabs like ah the old place so <laughs> after his refurbishment hmm what's he up to and then you know one day there was life and there was like stuff happening and I saw like oh people moved in so what I did uh, I actually rocked up to the place to ring the bell to just mm -hmm. like um, have, have a, a chat yeah and just like um, they they um, someone uh, opened up the new the new tenant and then I found out it was a, a Brazilian student who was studying English and uh, he was telling me like yeah actually it was him and I think eight others who are living in the apartment now. Before it was just like four of us. Mm -hmm. So it kind of doubled the number wow. to stay. There were three rooms for four of us. Um, and then next thing was like eight or nine uh, students um, students doubling up there. I'm just like, wow, okay, so that's what happened. Did you refurbish the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, refurbish. I, I, I don't even know. I, I, I didn't go away and I just oh. had a chat at the door and I'm just like, okay. And I was just like peeved and just like, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, he just, uh, he did a, it was a, a, a bit of a money grab. So, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, that, uh, I think that's, a common one the yeah. housing issue uh, we've, we've lucked out a little bit in the sense that okay since that increment moving the stony batter the landlord raised the rent once which very quickly in the first year and after that no more he actually yeah well he actually passed away like uh, <laughs> during the COVID period so that was uh very unfortunate and then his his agent kind of took over managing the affairs but so far yeah no um, no no increment but yeah we're just seeing how all of this has unfolded and you know it's just very difficult for people to yeah find housing and have it afford be affordable it's a total disaster um and I, I really hope that we can eventually like property in, in this country has been a thorn in the side for a long time like it's it's it reached a, a really bad point for renters at the moment yeah um and that's going to have repercussions in the long run like it really will and uh, we've spoken enough on the podcast about it it will be enough to to dis uh, disencourage um people to to, to stay here. longer to yeah. come here and as you said earlier on it's about you, you relocated back from Rome to Dublin. Prime, one of the reasons was talent that you could um, access as a company from the universities, etc. Yeah. But if it's a case of that talent finding, I've heard people like in some startups moving to Barcelona 
because of the price of it. Because in a startup, you're not going to make a lot of money yeah. for a long time. And if you're having to put up with that kind of stuff, it's really, really difficult. Um, Ed, we don't want to go over an hour on this one. Um, so I'm going to say, first of all, really, really appreciate you coming in and, and talking to us. It's been My really pleasure, interesting. Yeah. Absolutely loving it. Um, and I, I really... Um, I wish you the best in terms of success in your career and your choices in, in what you're going to do, whether you stay here, whether you decide to move elsewhere. might not be back to Singapore quite yet, but um, maybe it'll be, uh, there'll be another point. You, you never know in life uh, where you're going to end up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'd like to, uh, yeah, obviously um, for people who have been listening, we're going to have an event, which you're more than invited to, more than welcome to come along to. Um, it'll be on Wednesday. Uh, I'll tell you more details after we finish. Sure, yeah. Um, and by the time actually this one goes out, uh, the event will be long finished. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to try and do it more regularly. It's something that we'd like to do is, is get people together, get people, um, yeah, celebrate the multicultural aspect of Dublin, I guess, and, nice. and kind of um, channel forward a, a new Ireland um, or a newer version of Ireland, um, which I think definitely includes that multicultural or celebrating that multicultural aspect of it. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Very quickly, um, do you have any particular favourite place in Dublin? Uh, well, I'm, I'm biased, so I'd say Stony Better. It's like I, sometimes I don't leave the village. There's everything I need yeah. in that place, you know. Mm. Um, good coffee, uh, brunch, food, um, you know, there's pubs. Um, and there's recently like a wine bar that opened up like Sam was dying for a, a nice little wine bar to, to show up and it, mm-hmm. it opened next to there's this famous Italian restaurant called Grano and it's called Affianco yeah. and that opened up like a number of weeks back or a month back and then yeah they bring this really good Italian wine so it'll be like um yeah, between seven to nine a glass, you treat yourself every now and then. It's a great spot. Um, nice. Yeah, check it out. It's called? Uh, Al Fianco. So Fianco. it's there's uh, the restaurant called Grano. Yeah. And then it's just next to it. I think it's the same owner, same mm-hmm. guys from Calabria who... Afianco, check yeah. it out. Nice glass of wine. Um, thanks a million, Ed. Really appreciate it. Thanks for Thanks, Ross. Thank um, you, Mark. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.